episode 51. This is a good one, guys. This is a good one. Um, a little bit later on in the episode, you're going to hear an interview with Bruins prospect, uh, Jack Ashawn. He was awesome. Um, first of all, thank you for Jack for coming on. And I think we all definitely had a great time talking to him. Um, definitely a, a good young guy for the Bruins who he thinks is going to be an impact player in the future for sure. Um, but, you know, it's still got to have some regular schedule programming here. Kevin, famous number 51 in the NHL. Oh. I wish you guys could have saw his face. Connor, you have one for him? If not, I have one. I have one loaded up. Daniel Strong? Is he doing? Brian oh, Campbell. Brian Soupy Campbell, oh, who came to I was going to say somebody different. I Were was going to say, say Ian Mitchell? No, Jake Gardner. Oh, we surprisingly just came up with a good amount of 51. So you got to give us some credit there. That's the only one I knew. I didn't know yours, to be fair. All right. That was pretty good. I, I like what we did there. How are you guys doing today, Connor? How is this? Uh, is it a snowy Wednesday over in uh, West Virginia? Wherever you're Absolutely at? it is. We're getting some snow today. And I think we're getting Korea, a little more Carlsbad? snow in, uh, no, in <laughs> Illinois. Thank you very much. Um, but we are supposed to continue to get some more snow today. It is nice and heavy and wet, so oh. I'm going to see about shoveling some of that into a big old pile. Oh, yes! That's exciting. No, That's he, man stuff. He has to jump into it. Exactly. He still owes oh, me that. you got to get in your underoos and jump in. That's why I don't make I'll throw, Twitter I'll, people. I'll throw a swimsuit on just so I don't you know, oh my make God. all these grannies hearts. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, 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 we don't yeah, want please. privilege. Yeah, please put in please put in a uh you like the naked mole rat from Kim Possible. Yeah. Please put on <laughs> please put on a band to jump in. And that is because of your Arizona coyotes getting wins when Connor didn't expect them to. I, I am looking at the weather. I have some snowy, rainy mix coming through. How how is it on the old uh Nantucket today? Windy, rainy, <laughs> miserable. Awesome. That's gonna be my new thing. I'm just gonna butcher the places everyone's from. I like that. But I like how you said Tukit. We'll talk about that later, but great, great uh, aligning with the video there. Yeah. Oh. I know what I'm doing. I always know what I'm doing. But yeah, I mean, I think we get right into it. Let's hit that uh, salt of the east. Obviously, with um, this being an interview episode, we're going to do some quick hitters and some topics here and then keep it moving so you guys can get to what you really want to hear. Next week, we will be putting out a long-form trade deadline or kind of pre-trade deadline podcast. The three of us have heard a lot of rumors, some things you guys probably have heard, some you haven't, and I think we're ready to kind of let some of that stuff fly next week, but we're going to wait on that. Right. Um, maybe, maybe we make our own trade bait board. That'd be kind of cool. So That'd I like dope. that. If we make a little we thing, I, I think we have some, I think we definitely have some ideas around that. Obviously we'll touch on the Bruins very quick. The Bruins are still dominating. They're still the best in the NHL and they're finding more and more ways to win. Swayman's playing better than he has. All season. Playing great. Yeah. He's playing great. Phenomenal. Omar's dominating. Jake DeBrus is already back to skating. There's not much to say about the Bruins because they're just so good. I will say I'm always a hand up when I'm wrong guy. The New Jersey Devils have made me look stupid. Since I talked bad about the New Jersey Devils saying they're going to go on a slide, they've just stayed firmly in second place in their division. The Devils are a playoff team, and they're doing a good job. Jack Hughes, first 30-goal season. Um, he, he What is it, Kevin? You sent me it the other day. He's over 100 points in his last 80 games, right? Oh, it's nuts. Like, yeah. compared to his first two seasons, this two se- First two seasons, he had, like, what, 90-something, 80-something. 
No, it was even less. And then last two years, he has like 120 something in less than 100 games. Yeah. It's nuts. He's yeah. Insane. This, He's this is definitely the, the Jack Hughes that everyone saw at the NTDP program. Just took him a little time to grow into his body. Yeah, he'll end the game. He'll end the year with like forty goals, eighty points. Yeah, he's by the way. Let's let's give the New Jersey Devils the credit. They're they're not in second place by much. Literally zero points. They're tied with Carolina. Yeah, but I said like within a week they'd be out of the playoffs. So I haven't put my hand up on that because they haven't. They've kept pushing along. Yeah, Carolina has game in hand. So like, what's the more impressive thing for me is New York Rangers pod logo. Carolina, New Jersey, and Toronto. We'll get to that here in a second. Carolina, New Jersey, and Toronto are all quote unquote tied with 66 points. There's obviously tiebreakers, so it doesn't work out that way, but they all have 66 points, and they're the next tier down from the Bruins who have a, a 14 point gap, an 851 points percentage, and a goal differential of plus 80. Three. It's just that's insane. The next best goal differential. Let me just hit this quick so I make sure I'm correct. The next best goal differential is 42, and that's the Dallas Stars. That shows you how absurd this is. It's just insane the run the Bruins are on. I don't know if it's ever replicatable again. They're so good. It's 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 great. We're I mean obviously we're all Bruins fans. As much as we was... try to make this an NHL pod, like. God, I was looking so at a much. hilarious stat the other day when looking at these goal differentials, and I, I could be wrong. Is it the Ducks? Nope. It is that the Bruins are the only team left, even, after the, even after the game in Montreal, still the only team left that has given up less than 100 goals. I think they're at 98 right now in the season, but everybody else is far yeah. above and beyond. They're at 98. What's uh, the Ducks' goal differential, Jake? Oh, well, they've given up 201 goals in there. They would be firmly winning the Masters tournament right now in golf. They are minus 83. They're the exact inversion of the Boston Bruins. Nice and vocabulary, Jake. Right? God, is Connor Bedard going to look good on that team? Oh, did you man. see Timu Solani today? Yes, I did. He's like <laughs> McTavish. Terry Zegris, blank spot, look nice for Bedard. It's like, yeah. And then you put a Connor Bedard piece of paper. That was good. I think that if you guys are looking for a follow on social media of an NHL star, NHL legend, Hall of Famer, Timo Solani's the guy. Follow him. He's What's actually pretty neat. And he supports uh, our stuff. Yeah, Sean Kraft wrote a pretty uh, nice piece about him, and he actually retweeted it, which was was pretty neat for that guy, uh, you know, who wrote it, obviously. And shout out to their podcast. Um, we we do have an Anaheim Ducks podcast on our podcast network. Late arrivals, like, yeah, the late arrivals pod. Obviously, again, guys, a um, bunch of different things here with us. We, you know, we're all part of Inside the Rink, a big part of it. So, any hockey news, especially right now at the trade deadline, we're covering pretty much all thirty-two teams. Um, we have podcasts covering a majority of the league, a lot of the league. Um, obviously, we cover the whole league, so I guess we can say all the league. But just get to Inside the Ring for all your hockey news, for all your everything. And if you guys want ESPN+, Plus, especially right now, right, everything's coming down to the wire in hockey. It's the best time. It's Inside the Rink slash ESPN. Um, just my little spiel there, and we can kind of move on to the Rangers. The New York Rangers had to, had to play Boston, and what we all knew was going to happen to them happened. The Bruins beat them. Because of that, our, you know, one of our cousin podcasts, the New York Pangers pod. It's definitely our sister cousin podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Had to change their uh, sister. Had to change their logo to uh, black and gold, and that was our doing. We made a little bet with them. Um, I was gonna like buy them a jersey for them to give away, possibly buy their host a desk. I might I had to run a marathon or something. I was that confident the Bruins were gonna win, and they did. So shout out Jacob Berkowitz and uh, the Rangers losing and their black and gold logo they have for the week. Other Enjoy. than that, what? Enjoy that New York Rangers black and gold. Yeah, looks great. Um, other than that, we had a little quick hit here. Do we think the Buffalo Sabres can make the playoffs? I'm all in on the Sabres. I think game. they might be able to. Like I, My answer is still no. If they go out and get themselves a legit – Timo Meyer, Meyer. Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer. If they get themselves a legit – I like how you anglicize that. Um, I think if they can go out and get themselves a legit scorer, they, they have a chance. Wait, Tate Thompson's not legit? No, I mean another one. Like they need more. You can't. They, they need more. Oh my god, <laughs> Jeff Skinner. They do have Skinny. They do have old Skinny. Hey, Jeff Skinner's. He spent a good amount of time on my uh, on my fantasy like, for this year. They have like four or five twenty. Goals yeah, no, Jeff, right Jeff Skinner has twenty goals, twenty eight assists, forty eight points. Obviously, he doesn't. I'm not mil, sold but... on Buffalo making the playoffs. I don't trust no, the goaltending. I'm not sold either on it. Their at all. They, they're pretty good. The Toronto's. I they think you are... got to give credit. Buffalo's made a huge stride. They've made yeah. a huge stride. However, the top three in the Atlantic are locked in. Like yeah. Tampa Bay is third at 61 points. And then next up at four is Buffalo with 53. So for Buffalo to make the playoffs, you're pretty much guaranteed that the Atlantic division means nothing to them. Oh, yeah. No, They've got to play against not. teams and make yeah. up those Metro spots. Here's my point, though. This is where you have to listen here for a second. Washington has played 50 games and only has a three-point lead on them. They've played 47. They can get some wins here. It's going to become a tight, tight race down the stretch. I can't wait to watch it. It's fun. Now, to watch now I'm going to pass it back to you. And Washington, one four street. Washington with those numbers is while they didn't have Backstrom, yep. Tom Wilson, yep. and Darcy Kemper missed Agreed. about a month Agreed. of time. Agreed. So it's all just going to be kind of like what happens. I don't have Buffalo in the playoffs still. I, I just want to kind of touch on if we thought they had a chance. Um, Fair. Kind of wraps it up. I piece, say no. right, boys. No, no, Kev. What's yours? I'm going. I I'm think going I'm going no. Buff. I'm going no, just because I think Ovechkin, just Russian machine, never breaks. Oh, I'm not worried about the Capitals. It's the Penguins. Ooh, it's the the Penguins. Penguins have 56 points and they have 47 games played. I don't know. I'm not I worried. Getting in. I'm not worried. The biggest topic over in the wild, wild west for the last two weeks has been the dumpster fire that is the Vancouver Canucks. Bruce, there it is. Bruce, there, there it is. is. Bruce Boudreaux has spent the last more or less 50 years in the game of hockey. The way he was treated by the organization sucked. It's an abomination. It, it was an abomination across the nation, the Canadian nations, the provinces. The United States. It, it like if you're gonna fire a coach, fire him. Don't let everyone in the world know he's fired, but make him still coach. That's it. No one had an issue with they're underperforming, way under the level they should be for their amount of talent. Everyone knows that Bruce Boudreaux included. He was a good NHL player. He's a great NHL coach. He knows that. There's no question. But to have it come out for two weeks. With guys like you, you think Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman want to report that? No, but when everyone else is, they have to. 
Yeah. They, they don't have a choice at that point. And that's what it bothered me even more. Less than the 32, th- 32 thoughts, knowing that people in the organization were giving them shit about it. It's like, that's well, their job. Like, no, so like, they do, that's their let's, job. Let's clarify that. Elliot didn't say yeah, not in the organization. No, right. He said people in Vancouver. You are right. Someone in Vancouver. Someone in Vancouver. Which makes you believe. Yeah, no, that's fair. I'll give you that. It just, that bothers me. It's like, dude, it's their job. Like, it's for these, these high-level hockey reporters it's their job same time when everyone else is saying it if they don't like what they have they're they're going to and like bruce knew it it's but like it's for him to have to go up on the stage and say goodbye three times before he's actually let go it's like come on and then a guy like rick rick tockett who's taking the job who i really like shame on the vancouver fans for booing him at the same rick tookit yeah i'm a ricky tookit fan i just it's just I don't know. I, I take issue know. with that too. I'm just like, and I think Talk's a good coach. I hope Talk he can turn it around. He's a friend of the pod. He's a friend of the pod. And yeah, I just, I, I wish, it's just, it frustrates me. I almost like, I really want Rick Talkett to be successful. I almost wish he didn't take that job, but I really, I hope he can do it. I hope he can turn it around. Connor seems confident that he can turn it around. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I honestly, like, with the whole situation. Not his fault. I so I did am not like a a big Bruce Boudreaux person. Like I didn't love Bruce like before this whole scenario. But oh. after everything that we've watched unfold over the last two weeks, I wish nothing but the worst of the worst to the Vancouver Canucks organization. To be honest, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I wish nothing but the worst might be a little extensive, but I'll I'll go with. I mean, I don't. I just I lost a lot of respect for Rutherford. Personally. I know, and he's a guy like, I really did respect a lot. Just it's weird. It's super weird. I'm gonna have with Bruce. It's weird. And I believe he's in the Hockey Hall of Fame already. Yeah. Rutherford. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that answer. Maybe. I mean, he could be. I'm not gonna act like I know. We'll get off that topic though. We will talk about Daryl Sutter. So Sutter, it. So he doesn't mean to come off the way he does. I think. I wish we could play the clip. I should have had it for us, but. Talking about, he was asked about Jacob Pelletier's um, first NHL game. And he was like, he asked like what his number was. And then just read his stat line across the stat sheet. And that's Daryl Sutter trying to say like, he doesn't care about any single player. He cares about the team and what they do on the ice and all that. But like, dude, could you not have just thrown the guy a bone and be like, had a good first NHL game, like nice debut, like anything. But I, I guess it's just Daryl being Daryl. I think the thing is, is if they were winning and they weren't in fifth place, it probably would feel a little better than it does right now. But I don't know. They, I mean, they're still, they still have a chance to make the playoffs, right? They would yeah. season ended today, they make it in. But no, they don't. Off points percentage, actually, I don't think they do. Uh, they might, they might not. I'm not doing that math right now. How do you guys feel about that one? Did you hear the quote, Kev? Yeah. How'd you feel about it? I mean, you kind of. I mean, you kind of covered it. It's just like we talked about. Like we went through all this with uh, with Cassidy. In Actually, Boston. not to interrupt I you, Kev. I think we got the quote. Are we in play? There's no audio. Guys. Sadly, we don't have the sound on it. If you're watching the video, we you have Sutter it? talking on the screen. Yeah, uh, try hit and play on it. We, I don't, as of right now, we cannot hear it. That's gonna be a no from me, dog. We'll work on that. Yeah. 
complaint. We'll make that work because that is pretty cool. But there's definitely no sound on it. But that that's future future of the pod. Future of the pod will have videos planned. Yeah, Connor, how'd you feel about it? Oh, sorry, I didn't finish. Yeah, we'll oh, work that yeah. out. Yeah, no, my bad. Kind of just cut me off in sentence, but it's all right. Because Daryl Sutter was on the screen talking. I overrode him. Yeah. yeah, no, I was saying like coming from a fan base that were used to Cassidy blasting plays in the media or just like not giving them credit. It's just, come on, man. That's an old school game right there. Show the guys some love. They're out here playing. It's like. that Bruce would have never did that. That was not Bruce's style. Bruce would have said something nice about the young guy who played a game, though. Like Sutter's Right. No, I'm, 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 saying, I'm like comparing it like yeah. talking about your players like that in the media. It's like, come on, just. Be a little nice. At least acknowledge the guy's name and stuff, not just be like style like number. Yeah, it's like 39. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. right. That was tough. You got anything on that one, Connor? Connor? Green. No, not Green really, Connor. to be honest. It's kind of one of the dinosaurs being a dinosaur in the yeah. the NHL, you know. No it just deal. is what it is. Like like no one's gonna no one's gonna say he's not a good coach. He's a great coach. Like a hundred players, hundred 200 players would tell you he's a great coach, just just kind of a dinosaur. I guess a little news and noteworthy thing, Avs six straight wins, Oilers six straight wins, but let's stop wasting your guys' time. We know the, the best part about this episode is definitely the interview with Jack or Sean, so let's jump into that dirty water and let's get to it. Welcome to the Cue the Duck Boats podcast, Jack or Sean. How you doing today? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Definitely good. Before we get going, I, I have to ask you this. You got to give us the backstory on your Twitter handle. You, I mean, you have you have to have the best the best Twitter at in all of pro hockey. It's Little yeah. Uzi Acon. Like, we got to get the backstory. You have to, yeah. if, if you're right with it. No, it's good. It's, it's nothing too crazy. Um, we were in college. Uh, Ryan Paling, he plays with uh, the Penguins now. Um, yep. He's on my college team and his two brothers who I live with. And we were all just kind of sitting there on the bus or something, and um, we were listening to one of uh, Lil Uzi's songs, and we all had like our our idea that we're gonna change our Twitter name to to Lil Uzi something, and I just did Lil Uzi Acon because that's what they called me in college, so they all have theirs too. I think it's like Lil Uzi Pales or something like that. So <laughs> it's kind of funny. That's great. I, I absolutely love that. I mean, it's just like we, I was just going through everything and I had, I had saw that was like your Twitter name before. I was like, we have to ask this because there has to be like some sort of story. That's yeah, not a good yeah. one. I love that you stuck with it. Has anyone like given you any shit in like the locker room or anything for it? You have to like explain it or no? Uh, no, no, not in the locker room, but there's been times like somebody will be like, what is this Twitter name? And I'm like, I didn't even go on Twitter really. So it doesn't really yeah. matter to me. But <laughs> yeah. hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't piss anybody off too bad because I don't really care. No, I, I mean, I don't think it would be bad. It's not like, I mean, I guess, I, I mean, my own story. Akon was my first concert as a kid. In like fifth grade, my mom took me to see Akon, which I think is absolutely wild now that I look back on it. I'm like, dude, he took me to see Akon in fifth grade. Yeah. Like, I, remember, I, was, I was a huge Akon fan too. Me back too. In the me day. too. I, I went and saw Akon and Gwen Stefani on like Smack That Tour. Yeah. <laughs> fifth, grade, fifth grade singing smack that with my mom next to me and i look back right. at it now i'm like jesus christ yeah can't believe what you're saying but, yeah exactly but you know now you know and now you get to laugh about it right yeah nice. connor i'll let you start you got some questions for jack yeah so i was gonna start with the early career but since he already talked about where he lived in uh college uh i was reaching out to somebody uh who apparently knows you to some degree and they told me to ask you about the chum bucket. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> What's the chum bucket all about? Um, so I was in, in college at St. Cloud State. Um, we had a house there for three years on campus and we were just kind of trying to name it something. Um, the outside kind of looked a little bit, uh, you know, shady, like every other college house is on campus, but the inside was super nice, uh, like brand new, uh, renovated. So we just kind of went around and uh, we we're trying to figure out a name for it. And somebody said chum bucket and now it's just kind of the chum for short. So it's, the chum. that was our, our college house. Yeah. So was it SpongeBob inspired then? I, it, I mean, it had to be. I, I don't a really little know. bit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but my my youngest brother is there right now, and it's still called the Chum, so that's good to good to know. Does he live? Does he live there? Uh, he's a freshman in the dorms right oh, now, so, not so yet. maybe next not year yet. he might might yeah. get the opportunity. It's great. I mean, the guy. It was like the first like house you have with your friends. Like you always remember it. Like for me, it's like I we named ours, and that lives forever in our heads. Our group chat still called that. So. Yeah. Like, yeah. It it's kind of funny looking back, looking back at stuff like that. It's like, I don't even really know how it came up, but yeah, it stuck. <laughs> you look back at it now with wide eyes and you're like, eh, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. All right. So I guess I'll get right into your early career. So what was your inspiration for playing hockey growing up? Yeah. Uh, so my, my dad played um, growing up. He was, he's from Northern Minnesota. He played uh, D3 hockey at Gustavus. It's in Minnesota. Um, and just pretty much ever since I was a kid, he would, you know, make a rink in our backyard and be skating around the parks in Minnesota where it's, it's cold enough to pretty much skate anywhere, uh, especially these days. So uh, <laughs> I kind of just started there and um, fell in love with the game. And like I mentioned, I have, well, I have two, two younger brothers and they're always fun to, you know, play shinny hockey with or whatever. So it was uh, kind of just from the get-go, it was all hockey, and um, in the summer I would play baseball and golf and whatnot. But it, first love was always uh, was always hockey, and kind of got to credit my parents for that one. Definitely, Jake, actually, you just Jake's took, a big golf guy. So. Yeah, you just you oh, took my oh, next nice. you took my next question off the list. I was going to ask you if you played any other sports growing up, but yeah, we actually just hit the, the simulator today. We uh, went and swung a little bit. Where over in guys. Cranston? Which one? Cranston, Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln, yeah. Lincoln, Lincoln. the X Golf one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's nice. I, I've, I've done that, and then I just actually, my dad and I have, we like bought a Sky Track, and we're setting up like that kind of setup in our garage, in his garage. Not mine. Oh it's, no way, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's sick. We're working on that. I just head over there after work sometimes to help with that, but it's, it's absolutely sick. But yeah, I've been to that one, and the one in Cranston's pretty good too. But that one's better for sure. Yeah, I heard that this one was a little bit better. I haven't been yeah. to the Cranston one. Yeah, yet. it's, it's nicer for sure. Yeah, so that'll be a top golf by like next year. There'll be a top golf in Cranston, hopefully. Oh, really? Yeah, they're putting in a brand new top golf over in Garden City. I'm I'm the only Rhode Islander here out of these (laughs) these two, so yeah. But yeah, no, that's definitely that's definitely sick. But I guess who was your who was your favorite player growing up in Minnesota? Like, I mean, I guess hockey's such like a rich culture there, so I'm sure it was someone played for the Wild, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, Marion Gabrick when I was growing up, um, just kind of early days. uh one of the, the wild one i don't even know when they came in but like growing up watching him and uh once i started getting to know hockey a little bit better i was a big patrick kane fan uh, i got a, like a jersey for christmas and all this stuff and um but between the, those two guys i think mary gabrick was my first kind of i was a big fan of his now did you model your game after gabrick or was there somebody you know on the defensive side of the puck that you more kind of gravitated towards uh, so I was a forward up until like must have been like sixteen, uh, kind of going back and forth, sixteen, seventeen, um, in high school, and I kind of just always 
was like a big, like a huge Patrick Kane fan. Um, and then, you know, you, you start to like, people ask you, who do you, like, who do you kind of try to resemble your game after? And um, you don't really have an answer for that because you don't really know. And um, just watch an undersized defenseman like Spurgeon was on the wild. So I got to kind of watch him, uh, not necessarily try to resemble my game after him. Um, you know, get, getting to watch Grizzlick and crew on the, on the Bruins, um, two kind of similar statures, uh, both play hard. So it's uh, just kind of when I made the transition to forward and, and D or D or forward to D, it was more so trying to pick out, um, you know, how I was going to want to play my game. And um, here we are. So it's kind of a full circle thing with, with that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like you obviously get those natural comparisons to Krug and Grizzly just be playing for the Bruins organization. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely could see that. I mean, how how could you not want to model your game after Gabrick or Kane, though, right? Like, you know, right. Like, just, yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, if, if if you could be Patrick Kane and play defense, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Just put you on the ice. Yeah, exactly. Now, with that transition from forward to defense, what was probably the most difficult adjustment to make in that transition? Um, that's a good question. I think I've always been like a pretty good skater, um, you know, trying to, I think learning how to skate backwards, like actually defend and skating backwards more, obviously forwards don't skate backwards as much as defensemen, but just, you know, getting used to, you know, not back in when I was coming up, it was all about like no crossing over backwards. You take one crossover, then you come through sea um, cuts and whatnot. So that was something I kind of struggled with right out of the gate. <clears throat> and then it was all about, you know, positioning and, you know, get to USHL and college positioning and, um, you know, defending. Uh, it's a lot different for, you know, my height. It's, it's not all, you know, you can skate as fast as you want, but when it, when it comes down to the corners and stuff, you know, you got to have good body control and st- stick positioning and stuff like that. So it's it kind of just the levels kind of grow and grow as you keep going um, up and up through the, the hockey levels. But those are a few things that, you know, you try to focus on. So going off that a little, so like when did you know you had a chance to like play D1 hockey and more? Yeah, um, I think I was starting to get some like some letters in the mail probably my junior year of high school, sophomore maybe, sophomore, junior year of high school. And, um, you know, I, I still was playing baseball and <clears throat> switching back hockey and baseball, and I loved both sports, but once I kind of went into the USHL and had like a full season there, uh, I committed to St. Cloud before, but you you never really know what, what you're going to get yourself into when you commit to a college, um, if you're even going to end up going there these days. But uh, I think once I went through a full year of uh, Cedar Rapids in the USHL, I kind of had some more confidence in myself that I could, you know, do it. And then you get there and it's another learning curve. You got to fit in, you're going to school, you're, uh, you know, playing against older, older guys. Um, so it was, I'd say probably, yeah, USHL. Awesome. What um what made you choose to go to St. Cloud State? Was that like the was that a school you always wanted to go to just growing up kind of in that area or just what like made you I guess pick there? There's a few things. I have a few family members that went there, <clears throat> um, cousins and uncles and stuff, but uh going through uh talking to coaches and schools, um I didn't have many. I my first one was Mankato, and I fell in love with it. And I was like, I want to go here. And I probably would have ended up going there. Um, they gave me like a week to decide, and I was talking to my dad. And I didn't have an agent at the time or advisor or anything. My dad was like, you know, just wait. You'll get more calls. We'll see what happens. So 
I was kind of set on Mankato and then uh, went to a visit to St. Cloud. And I love that even more. <laughs> it's like, oh, what do I do here? Like, I love Mankato. I really love St. Cloud. Um, so I ended up having to give the Mankato guy a call and, you know, telling him I'm not going to be doing this. And uh, I come into St. Cloud a few days later. I just, you, you do, like they say that, you know, when you, when you go and visit and I, I felt like I did, but I also felt like I knew when I went to Mankato. So it was, it was kind of tough. Now you spent four seasons at St. Cloud. What are, you know, some of your favorite or most memorable memories out of those seasons? Um, well, the relationships that you, the, you know, the culture that St. Cloud has, it's, it's really nice. Uh, it's there's a lot of Minnesota guys that you grew up playing against. Um, my roommates in college, I, I hated their guts in high school. Um, ended up living with them for all four years of, of college, and they're my best friends uh, to this day. So that changes a little bit, but we had some really good teams. Uh, we won some Penrose, uh, like your league uh, championship or whatever. Um, never quite got to the tournament. We'd always lose that first that first game which is tough but um, there's so many memories uh, playing at home on a Saturday night big win against Denver one of the weekends the place was rocking and uh, we swept them or something it, there's like little moments like that you look back and you just remember that feeling that you had you were so pumped up yeah so uh you did four years as Connor said how was it being named team captain that senior year and starting to feel like the NHL buzz like with your name being thrown around and all that. Yeah, that was, uh, it was something that I've never, I've never been a captain uh, of a team before in, in college. It's quite the honor um, seeing the captains before me. Uh, Jimmy Schalt was a captain for, I think he was a sophomore because he was a three-year captain. Um, and then I came in after him and was voted captain by, by all the guys. And I never really saw myself as that kind of leader. And um you know, I was doing a little bit of learning myself that I think helped me mature, um, like my, my game, both on and off the ice to, you know, get to that, that pro level that, that it takes to, you know, grind every day once you get out of the, the college lifestyle. So that really helped me personally. Um, and it was an honor that they wanted me there. And um, I think it really, it really got me set. And like you said, like the buzz with all the NHL stuff, it, it kind of helped me um, focus more on like I have a team to take care of instead of, you know, leaving these guys in the next year. You didn't really have my mind on that at all. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it is such an honor. Kind of backpack off honors, 2016, 2017. I mean, that was a good year for you. You go to World Juniors, right? And then you, I mean, right, 2016, 2017, you it was your freshman year, and then you go to World Juniors and you won gold then. So like that had to be ridiculous that team's ridiculous if you look yeah. at like the players who are on that team i like looked through the roster and i remember watching you guys win gold like i remember being a kid and being so excited right and then there's the this is mcavoy keller tage thompson fox terry there's so like it, one of the best i think world junior team usa teams in the last 10 years yeah i that's another kind of pinch pinch myself moment. Like ridiculous um, team like you get you get nominated to go to camp and that's like a that's a big deal and i never did any like i did some uh u.s national camps about like 15 16 17 um and that stuff but never anything after that and you know going to camp and making that team you're like oh you're on the highest of highs and then you're in there playing and i mean i was i knew charlie a little bit mcavoy but like i'm on this team and I was looking up to him at that point. We're the same age. Like <laughs> it's kind of fun. And then we go into battle together and we end up winning winning gold medals together. And um, 
you know, we had a we had an awesome team, built great friendships. Uh, but it definitely was a pinch, you know, pinch yourself moment. And I just never, if you would have told me that I that I, that would have happened to me, I probably would have never believed you. But you know, I worked hard and uh, everything worked out to the to the fullest, and that was that was amazing. You say that, but it's it's funny, Ray. I'm just to kind of piggyback off the comment of like you guys are the same age and you're like looking up to him. I I mean, I'm 26. And I watch all you guys and I'm like cheering for you guys on TV and I'm like, we're like the same age. It's kind of, it yeah. is funny to me. Like, <laughs> it is, like I, I was always like, right. Growing up. I mean, you're, I guess you're in the same boat now because you're playing with guys. You're going to play with guys who you cheered for your whole life. So we'll get into that, but it is like, it's full circle. And it's kind of weird at the same time, but like you just, you find yourself, it's just, it's normal. Right. Once you get yeah, to that age. And you got to like snap out of it. You're just like, what am I doing? But it is, yeah. it's in you. It's in you definitely. And you know, snap out yeah. of it and your teammates. Exactly. Now, with that gold medal, um, what was probably your favorite memory out of that whole experience outside of having your same coach with you and getting to share that experience as well? I think just like the whole process leading up to, you know, the gold medal game and, you know, the outcome ended in our, in our favor, uh, which was great. Like, obviously it's awesome, but, uh, just the whole process we had, you know, we had so many people in the organization, USA hockey, we brought in different people, um, you know, team building, like little things like that. Cause you're bringing a bunch of random, like a, a lot of the guys, they play on NTDP together and they know each other, but there's a good group of guys that are sprinkled in there, like myself and a few others that, you know, we don't, we don't know these guys and you know, their inside jokes that they have and stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of a whole process of molding a lot of, a lot of the same, team together and then new guys coming in and i think there was you know nobody was left behind on that team um and they did a really good job at uh throughout the whole camp uh throughout the whole tournament going from toronto to montreal like everything was it was great and it was awesome and then you know ended up winning winning the gold medal together you look back and at all the effort that they put into it for us to do that it's uh it's pretty sweet yeah it's awesome you only imagine the feeling winning gold and just getting that yeah. and everything. Yeah, it was that was insane. It was you're just numb pretty much. It was it was crazy. So I'm gonna switch over to your pro career now. So what made you sign with the Boston Bruins? Yeah, so after it was uh the COVID COVID season, first COVID season in college, I was uh we got we ended. Our season just ended, so it was kinda like oh, now it's time to, you know, start talking to some teams and I had a good good amount of teams on the list and just talking to them, um, you know, asking questions, seeing what, you know, there, there's some PowerPoints and stuff like that that they're looking at, like their development and rosters and stuff like that. And I just feel like from the moment I talked to, to Boston and uh, Sweden, you know, they were, they're really loyal and like honest, um, which is a big part because I, you have a little feeling of what, like what you think an organization is and all that, but there's so many things going on behind the scenes and, um, it, it felt like it was kind of like the St. Cloud thing. It just, it felt like the right decision. And my agent at the time was like, you know, you might, you're going to start leaning one way and then something's going to happen and you're going to maybe lean another way. You just kind of try to keep your head down and kind of follow your heart. And um, ended up, you know, I, I ended up telling them and signing with the, with the Bruins and uh, it, it felt right. And uh, it was, it's been awesome ever since. And, um, you know, I've had some great opportunities here and it's, it's been uh, everything that I could have ever wanted. Yeah, no, we're very glad to have you in the organization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are, are we, Kev, you're a part of the org? 
Just wondering. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just wondering. Right, you're, a a big, fan. You're, a big, you're a big part of the org. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> good. Um, I guess, so this has to be like, I mean, other than that gold medal and obviously some big moments, but your first NHL goal against Chicago on the power play, kind of like what I think a lot of Bruins fans envision like could be your bread and butter on the Bruins in the future, right? Is like as a guy who can really bring that offensive side of things. How, what was that moment like? Yeah, that was another crazy moment. You just kind of get numb and, you know, you dream. Everybody says you dream about it, but you do. You dream about it when you're, you're a kid. Um, I didn't dream about, you know, slipping the puck through in a slot and scoring. Um, you know, you, I probably had 100 different dreams of how you're going to score it. But just the guy, you know, it's another thing. Like you pinch yourself and you're on the ice with, you know, Marshy, Berge, Taylor Hall, Pasta, like, you know, I go and, you know, I score a goal and they're all hugging me and they're all, they're probably more fired up than I am, um, if that's even possible, but they were, they were so happy for me. And it was just like such a, so much emotion. Um, I had three buddies fly out, like they didn't know I was playing or not. Um, they came out that week, that weekend and uh, they, they made it to the game. They got to see it too. So that was even a, you know, special thing because they were going nuts in the stands and it was kind of just a perfect, uh, perfect night and everything just, it, it felt so, so right. And, but like I, I think I had an interview after the game or something. You know, it was in the second period. I'm like, I gotta keep playing hot. Like I scored my goal, but like I hit, there's a lot of game left. And you gotta win this game. That's so hard. It's like you just have such oh, a rush. You can't focus. Yeah. I'm on the bench, and they're like, "Oh, you're up! Like you're up!" And I'm like, "Oh, I gotta play it. We have to play this <laughs> game." Like, God. But it was and it was good. It was you know you play with a lot more confidence and um, yeah, it was just crazy. Another uh, great milestone and um, awesome night. So you mentioned the the veteran teammates there, you know, and their excitement for your first goal. How does the culture in the NHL locker room, whether it be while you were there during the season and training camp, how does that translate to Providence? Um, it's it's a lot different dynamic because everybody down. I mean, we have great, like, awesome guys in this locker room, but uh, we have a lot of young guys um, that are still learning. I mean, I'm still learning, and we're all trying to make it up uh, to play in the NHL, obviously. And those guys are there; um, they've been there for a while, so they kind of know the, you know, the all the ups and downs that comes throughout the season. Um, you know how everything kind of runs, uh, whether that's going on the road, what hotels they want to go to. It seems that it's a lot. Uh, it's organized up there, and they all, you know, they all been up there for so long, so it's like a lifestyle for them. Especially, you know, that core group. Um, they've been buddies for however many years Bergie's been in, in the league for 18, 20 years. So it's a lot different when you got guys coming in from college or junior uh, in Providence, but it's also fun to watch new guys coming in down here in Providence. Cause you know, they don't really know what to expect and they're asking you for questions. I don't have all the answers, but um, I've been here for long enough where I can try to lead you uh, into different ways and help you out. But it's, it's definitely different. A lot more learning down here and a lot more uh, knowledge up there. What um, is it? Sense. What has it been like so far this year with having some veteran players like Mike Riley, uh, Chris Wagner, and even Anton Strawman down there with you guys in Providence? Yeah, it's been awesome. Um, they could they could come down here and, you know, just kind of hang their head. Oh, I'm in the American League. I've been playing in the NHL for so long. But um, it's just it just goes to show those guys, like, what kind of people they are. Um, Wags, Riles, and Strawman, um, they're all, like, even in practice, they're, they're working hard out there. They're not, 
you know, the, the last guy on the ice and the first one to go, like they're working on their game. They still love it. Uh, and they're knowledgeable helping out the younger guys, including me, um, especially with the two D men, you know, me and Mikey pass pucks after the game or after practice or something. And he's passing me pucks for shooting and straws is, you know, working on something. So it's, it's kudos to them for, for coming down here and, you know, making the most of it. Um, obviously circumstances, everybody wants to be up in the NHL, but these things happen and uh, they all come down with a, with a great attitude and uh, great work, work ethic too. That's a great answer. I mean, it's awesome. It shows the character of those guys because you hear stories. I mean, I'm sure we all listen to interviews and hockey podcasts where not all guys are like that. Right. So it, it's great. Right. I, I think the Bruins do this better than most organizations if you're not a character guy, you're probably not in this organization. Like I, oh, I think definitely. from like top to bottom, every single person, like if they, they buy in and they have good character and that's why the team's been good for our whole lives, pretty much. You know what I mean? Right. That's right. why like it starts there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, it's a big thing. One reason why, you know, I, I kind of pride myself and have good character. Um, you know, they, they showed me that they have it in their locker room and they've had it for so many years. And like you said, it's, it's why they've been so good for so long. And it's, it's not a fluke. Uh, not saying that, you know, like other teams that are great, you know, have bad, don't have as good of character. Oh, of course, of course not. Yeah. No, that, that's not, yeah. I didn't mean that way at all. I, I just right. like, it's just, they, they just like, they do, things are done the right way in the organization. Yeah. And for sure it is in a lot of other words too. Consistently for, for so long. Yeah. yeah. For so long too. So it's, it's pretty impressive with that. Yeah. So there's a piggyback on all the veterans and everything. Who's like your biggest mentor in the organization? Well, that's a good question. Um, before I, I played with Charlie um, at World Juniors, obviously, so I kind of texted him when I was talking with the Bruins, and he kind of gave me the label. And I don't think he wanted to make my decision um, on him necessarily, so he gave me like his little spiel about it and gave me some good knowledge. So I've kind of always looked up to him, and you know, he when I'm up there, he you know treats me like one of his buddies, and I mean, all those guys do. So it's it's hard to pick one. Um, but you know, like, like a guy like Wags, Chris, when he came down last year, you don't really know what to expect. And now we're, you know, I, I didn't go home for Christmas and I ended up going to, uh, his, his parents and his family's house for Christmas. So it was like little things like that. You know, you get to know a guy that you don't really know, um, whether or not like what kind of guy he is and comes down, you know, puts his head down works. And then he's one of my buddies now. So that's, that's something that was kind of cool that, um, didn't really expect that was going to happen. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's, you hear that about WAGs for sure. What is, um, like, what is your favorite part about pro hockey so far? Like, what do you look to and you're like, ah, this is sick. This is the best, like something, I guess it doesn't even have to be about like hockey itself, like about the lifestyle or just like the yeah travel or anything. I mean, yeah, the travel, um, is awesome. You know, going to different cities and, um, playing in all these towns. But I think one of the things that I really liked was when I like, when I was in college, even growing up in high school, like, the thought of doing this for a job is it, I still don't even really understand it. Like I'm, I'll be playing a game and I'm like, I'm literally like, this is work. This is my job. And yes. a lot of guys in the locker room will say that. And it's, it's, it is a really cool thing. Like when you're in college, you're still, you're going to class, and, you know, you have, you have your hockey, which is predominantly what your, you know, your goal is and stuff, but you still have to do all the, the homework and, you know, the group meetings with all the projects and stuff like that. And once you finally get, you get over that and you're playing hockey for a living. It's like the best, it's the best thing in the world. But I was, I was at work today and my boss was like talking about how 
as a kid, I work in insurance. He's like, he's like, you know, if you asked me at 10 years old, I said, I wanted to work in insurance. And he was like, if they asked you at 10 years old, what would you have said you want to do? I'm like a hockey player. I'm like, de- definitely not insurance. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have been insurance. Right. I was, I was like, but here we are, bud. I was like, but yeah. here we are. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's funny. So let me dip into the fun questions. Who is the best dressed guy with the most swag in that locker room in Providence? Ooh. Um, Mark and Johnny both said. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't tell them. All right. right, all right, all right. <laughs> this is how we see if they're in cahoots. All right. All right. Yeah. I think uh, Kincaid's got some good swag. A friend He's got new some, answer. Some, some good suits. That's um, a new one. I'm trying to think who else. Vinny. Vinny's got. Lotta. There it is. That was yeah, that was Vinny was. I didn't want to. I didn't want to give it to him though. Like, I don't want to give him that. I, my answer is Kincaid. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I think Mark kind of Mark has the same thing. He was like, ah. He's like, I don't want to give it to Vinny. He's like, but it probably it probably is. But he's like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. He's got some good swag. Puts on too much claw though. He can. That's definitely. Ooh, that's <laughs> a little too much Versace blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, what are you looking forward to the most when you get to call the old back up to Boston? Um, hmm. I think, I mean, it's always so refreshing going up there and um, you know that those guys, they just like, it doesn't matter who you are. When you go up there, they just welcome, welcome you in with open arms and they're wondering how your life's been. How, well, what have you been up to? Like, what's your family been up to? Like, how is it going down in Providence? And it, it makes you feel good. Like it's, it, you don't think these guys really, you know, I mean, obviously they care about you, but like, they don't, they don't really ever forget. Um, I haven't been up this year, but you know, I, when I got back from or I came over for camp main camp, it's like these guys, they just like, they never forget about you. Oh, how's it going? How's your summer? What'd you get up to? Like all this stuff. And it's, it makes you feel good. And um, that's something that, you know, is, is pretty awesome that, um, you know, these guys that you don't even really know, they, they really do care about you. It's awesome. I mean, we'll definitely be, pulling for you to get back up there this year at some point for sure. We're kind of coming to the end of some of the stuff we have, but I have one I'd like to ask. What What's your favorite place to go out to dinner in Providence? Like favorite favorite spot in Providence? So we uh, – I live with uh, three other guys, Philippe, Matt Philippe, Nick Wolf, and uh, Kyle Kaiser, and we live in Warwick. Uh, so we – I'd say Providence, we, we like to go to Andino's, but I think my favorite spot is uh, Circe in East Greenwich. Two great spots. And Dino's is probably, I used to work right off the hill. So I would go to lunch all the time there. I'm like, this can't like just eating chicken farm three days a week cannot be good for me. No, 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 I had had to kick that back a little bit, but yeah, definitely. um, And Dino's is by far the best spot on the hill. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And then we got our our little spots like 10 minutes away from our house in East Greenwich, the Cersei there. It's, it's, it's awesome. Have you been to Siena over in East Greenwich? uh once i think one time we went there pretty good spot i like there's one in smithfield that's a little bit better but definitely definitely a sienna fan yeah yeah i mean all the food out here is ridiculous so it's no there's especially like newport like if you go out to dinner in newport there's some good spots there too oh yeah yeah definitely you know i've got to ask it now since you brought up the food says nobody we've interviewed yet is from my neck of the woods or been out here when you were in cedar rapids where was your go-to spot Oh, um, that was a while ago. Yeah, it was. We, so I don't know about my billets were like the best cooks ever. So I got super lucky. Um, 
but there was a there was a lunch spot. I think it was called like sports sport nutrition or something like that, or I forget what it was called. But we would go there and we'd get like these like. Connor's thing. been nowhere named Sport Nutrition. I can just promise this all that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like these good things they had like sand, like pizza sandwiches that we'd always go and get, or like pancheros after a long bus trip. I remember just being like, "Oh man, this is the best!" But there's not too much to pick from with Cedar Rapids. Fair. That is very fair yeah. to say. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't think Connor's like often telling us about these great restaurants he's rolling up to in Cedar Rapids. Yeah. I was lucky. Well. My billets, my billets were awesome with food, and um, that was that was pretty sweet. That is one like Rhode Island doesn't have the greatest of things, but there is great food. Oh That's yeah, it's, Rhode Island does have food. I crave it in the summer when I'm back yeah. home. I'm like, man, it's it's the best. Food and golf. Rhode Island is pretty good golf. Do you get do you get to play golf anywhere over here? Or not really because of the timing. No, we do. Uh, once it gets warmer out, we we uh, we've been to trip. Oh, I actually got this. Har- you ever been to Harbor Lights? I have. I yeah, have so I got Lights. the I got the the hoodie on. Uh, we'll go to Foxwoods. Uh, nice the Lake of Isles. Yep, yep, yep. That's a good so one. So we we hit up a few of those. Not many. Uh, well, I mean, Triggs, Triggs National. Yeah, Triggs uh, is good. There's. <laughs> There's there's some better courses around for sure. Like, yeah, Triggs yeah. is good. If you're going to Connecticut, like Connecticut National is easy to get out on. Um, I mean, I'm sure you guys probably have a little more pull than I do to get out on some golf courses. But the <laughs> like even there's a there's a course a little bit south of Foxwoods um, River Ridge. Usually it's okay. a decent course, a little bit closer or something like that. But definitely yeah. a bunch of places to play over here. Yeah, they're awesome. A lot of the courses out here are super nice, and Foxwood is like the houses up there. That's one of our oh, spots that we like to get. That's to. a long course. That's one thing. Oh yeah, it's long. And... Yeah, need some power. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think that's kind of all we had. Uh, do you guys have anything else? No. Oh. Thanks so much for your time, dude. We we really appreciate it so much, and uh, think yeah, we can have you on again sometime. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. I'll uh, just let me know, and I'll be hopping back on for some more questions. Definitely appreciate it.